When going along the highways, we drivers should make it our business to watch the road signs. When approached with another's problem, the most common tendency is to suggest what possible You're action likely to make someone defensive. Thus, responding is way frequently much as Cool weather on the way. Details on Nikon. The race to be the best. To be the king of the road goes on and on. The batteries tend to last only a few hours. That's not keeping the buyers away. If only you had more energy. You have to be thrifty nowadays. You work too hard for your money. This weekend, we're opening doors all over the area. Don't you can afford. Last week, Sunday, after the Father's Day gatherings here, Lori and I and the kids, we loaded up the camper and we headed out for a little Father's Day excursion. A little difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day, moms want a day off and dads want a day where we do something. That's just how it works, right? So, um, so I was like, let's go do something. So we decided, hey, we're going to get away uh, to this little lake that we love just outside of Anaconda, Montana. And so uh, we headed up to Georgetown Lake to camp for a few days. We had a phenomenal time there. We ate way too much ice cream in Phillipsburg. We went to the world's greatest candy store there. Congratulations, Phillipsburg, for having the world's greatest candy store. Uh, We also went mining for gems, and we just had a blast. We had so much fun. It was relaxing. It was fun. It was a full time and, and I got to decompress a little bit, but man, we started driving home and immediately I started feeling something within my soul. I was driving home and just getting outside of Butte and we were headed up the pass and I began to think about all the things that I had to get accomplished this week. In fact, I started actually thinking to myself, I should have not taken this time off because I got a lot of catching up to do. I thought, oh, I got a men's retreat this upcoming weekend. I got to go and make sure that we've got a spot to camp up in the mountains. And then I'm going to do a devotion for them on Saturday morning, make sure everybody gets all settled. And so there's about 30 guys up in the mountains right now, and they're doing a men's retreat. I thought, oh man, I got to preach this weekend. So I got to get that sermon all ready. It's my daughter's birthday next week. So we got some flamingo stuff we're trying to get in the mail from Amazon on time and all of that, right? Uh, And it's Baptism Sunday, which is one of my favorite Sundays of the entire year, but it's a lot of work. And we're kicking off a new sermon series next week called Anthology. So we've got a bunch of stuff to prepare for this new series, the summer series called Anthology. By the way, a shameless plug, next week we start our series called Anthology, which is about all the songs that we sing and where are they found in the Bible. So what we're going to do is a deep dive into some of the songs that we sing up here on stage and say, where do those stories come from in the Bible? Where does that text come from in the Bible? Because I know it's fun to just sing along with them, uh, but we want to look a little deeper into what God is teaching us through those songs and through his scripture, so you don't want to miss out on that. But I had a lot on my plate. 
And I was thinking as I was coming down the pass, man, I just, I, we got to get home. We got to go. We got to go. And then I, I, I saw the sign that said, hey, um, slow down. Downshift. There is a steep grade ahead. So we're coming down Homestake Pass, and I literally see this. It's a runaway truck ramp. (laughs) Now, if you don't know what a runaway truck ramp is all about, let let me give you a little insight, right? So it could have happened to me. I have a 32-foot trailer behind my Tundra, and it is working for all I can just to get it up the hill. But that's only half the problem because once I get it to the top of that hill, I'm coming down that hill. And what I always have to do is downshift. Why? Because if I don't, I will burn out my brakes. If you're a trucker, you know this. Every time you head into a steep grade, uh, you've got to downshift. That's why you're flying on Homestake Pass. You're like, why are these truckers going so slow? It's because they don't want to end up on the runaway truck ramp. Some of you are headed on to the runaway truck ramp. You have not downshifted. You are headed for trouble. There are steep, steep curves ahead. There is a dangerous grade. And you have not slowed yourself down. Can I say it? I have not slowed myself down enough so I don't end up on the runaway truck ramp. That's what I want to talk about today. Not... Not breaks, B-R-A-K-E, but I want to talk about breaks, B-R-E-A-K. Proper breaks, proper rhythms of our life that will help us to downshift, that will help us to slow down so that we can complete the journey ahead. And to set up our time together, I want to ask you a weird question, all right? Stay with me here. A weird question What does murder and what we do on Sundays have in common? I I know you had that. I know you were like, I I saw that coming. Okay, good for you. Okay. What does murder and what you do on Sundays have in common? If you're churchy, you probably know the answer to this question. You would say they are in the Ten Commandments. If you're not churchy, you're like, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea where this sermon is going so far. Sounds like do not murder. Pretty good idea. I don't even know. I don't even know about Sunday. Like I'm, I showed up here. I'm tuned in online. Don't I get a badge or something, right? What do they have in common? Well, this is what they have in common. They're found in the 10 commandments. I don't, I don't want you to raise your hand and tell me how many you know, but think about how many you know. Take a little inventory. Can you come up with five? Can you come up with five of them? You're like, don't murder he already said that one, so it must be in there. Don't steal, don't lie. There must be something about Sundays in there because he's talking about it, right? So how many can you get to? If you're online, maybe put it in the chat. Say, I can, get, I can get six of them without looking in the Bible, without cheating, right? Okay, here's what they have in common, what you do on Sundays and murder have in common. They're both found in the 10 Commandments, If you don't know what the Ten Commandments are, just think Charlton Heston. He holds these big things up, says things like, let my people go. Uh, You maybe know of this. But in the Ten Commandments, found in both Exodus and Deuteronomy, God gives his people a foundational way to live. He spells out for them what obedience and a full life in him looks 
life like. And they're not recommendations. They're not suggestions. They're not good ideas. What they are is commandments. So if this was a sermon on do not murder, most of you, you got it nailed. Good job, okay? And if you don't, call Bob and he'll pray with you or something. Anyway, (laughs) okay, right? But if I said to you, do you practice Sabbath? In the same way that you think about do not murder, you might have some questions for me. What do you mean by Sabbath? Maybe some of us have never heard that word. In the middle of the list is this. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy or remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. As the Lord God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. That's what we want to look at this morning. We want to look at an ancient practice with a timeless purpose, Sabbath. An ancient practice with a timeless purpose called Sabbath. Now the word Sabbath is quite simple. What it means is a day of worship and a day of rest. A day of worship and a day of rest. It's a day when you take a break from the normal rhythms of work in your life. The Bible calls you to living a 24-6 in a certain way, and then on the seventh day, to live in a different rhythm, a different way of life, and it is called holy, and it is called Sabbath. A day that is set aside unlike any of the other days of the week. And you might ask, where did that come from? Well, it's ancient. It comes from the very beginning. The text I want to look at is Genesis 2. Genesis 2, if you've got your Bibles, turn there. Let me give you a little precursor. Before we get to Genesis 2, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the, come on, heavens and the earth, right? Pretty good week, all right? I don't know what you got accomplished this week, but in six days, God created the heavens and the earth. He had a pretty good week. So he created light and dark on the first day. He separated the light from the dark on the first day. Day two, he separated the waters above from the waters below. Day three, he separated the land and the oceans and the seas and the ponds and the lakes. Day four, He placed the sun, moon, and stars in the light and the dark. So there's a correlation, actually. I'm getting super Bible nerdy here, so some of you will love this. But one and four have a correlation. Two and five and three and six. Check it out. Uh, That's a free, and you can just do it later, Bible nerds, okay? So on the fourth day, sun, moon, and stars, they fill the light and the dark. On the fifth day, the birds and the sea creatures, they fill the waters above And the waters below. And on day six, the animals and the humans are created and they fill the land and the seas. And you think, that's a pretty good week, God. Six days, you got a lot done, God. But then he does something interesting. On the seventh day, he rests from his work. This is what it says Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. 
because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Why did God rest? Have you ever thought about that? If you've heard this story before, why did God rest on the seventh day? Is it because he was tired? Was he exhausted? He's like, man, that whole creation thing, I know I have unlimited power, but I'm a little tired today. Woke up a little tired, need a nap. Is that, is that, what, is that what it's saying? That God, re- God rested like that? I don't think that is what it means. In fact, most commentaries would agree that what rest for God means is a sense of delight, a sense of enjoyment. He enjoyed what he had done. He ceased from working so that he could look out at everything that he had created and delight in it and joy in it and wonder in it. He set that day aside for rest and for worship. And that's what I'm inviting you into. I'm inviting you in your anxious and hurried and worried and fearful lives that are so, so full to stop, to rest, to get what your soul really, truly needs. I said it two weeks ago, you don't need another vacation. Some of you need, you have to have a Sabbath. I want to give you some pictures of what that looks like. So, uh, I want to I paint the picture this way. I think we need to work hard and then Sabbath hard, okay? Work hard, Sabbath hard. And here's what I mean by that, okay? We're going to attempt something on stage. This went okay last time. I didn't fall through it, so that's good. Um, work is worship. Work is worship. And I actually think Christians should be some of the greatest workers that we have, I think your uh, employers should say, man, that guy who loves Jesus, that gal who loves Jesus, they are my best worker. They're always here on time. They always go the extra mile. They work so well. They work as if this isn't just about a job, but they work as if this was like a, a, a purpose created for them in advance. Somewhere in the Bible. I think we're created to work hard. So here's the thing. I think we think work is bad. We're like, oh, work, that work, work is bad. I got to work today and I got to work so I can play this weekend. I got to pay for that 32 foot RV that I bought. I don't know what I was doing there, right? And we think, oh, so I just got to work because it's a necessary evil. No, 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 no. In that same story in Genesis, right? God takes Adam and he, he makes this a beautiful garden. And then he says, you know what he says? Go work in it. Go labor in it. Go take care of everything that I have created for you. So I, I don't want to undermine this whole series, um, but I do want to say to you, work is good. Work is not bad. You are made to work for the glory of God himself. And so you've got work to do, right? Some of you are home builders. Congratulations, your ties should be bigger. Um, I mean, did I say that out loud, Bob? I did, okay, perfect. Um, it's been a good year, right? 
Been a good year. Uh, some of you attempted to build, to build your own homes. Oh man, God bless you, okay? You're gonna build your own home. And so you got involved with that. You worked on that house. I got a neighbor up in Big Sky and he was a, he's a builder up in Big Sky and he said, on the weekends, we're gonna, we're gonna build our home as well. So every single night, every single weekend for over a year, he was over there hammering and sawing and getting it done. He built this beautiful, beautiful house. We're called to that kind of work, right? We're called to that kind of work. That's good work for us. Do I got all the pieces here? That's, this is very important that I got all the pieces, you guys. Uh, maybe some of you are teachers and you are like, summertime is awesome. I love it. And I'll get back to those kids someday, okay? Um, and you teach. And throughout the week, you, you, you give your kids lessons so that they learn and, and you make them work. And you do work so that they learn to work, right? And, and, and so you're working tirelessly that they, that they can get better, they can grow and become who they need to become. Maybe, uh, maybe you're a coach. I, I coached up in Big Sky, coached basketball up there. Um, and we would have been a better ski team than a basketball team, I can tell you that. But, um, but we would coach throughout the week. We'd work hard, practice every day, work hard. We'd make them run, shoot free throws, play a little defense, we would make them work. Maybe you found out this year that you were pregnant. And, and there's a lot of work involved in pregnancy. Last, last service I said, you have nine months of labor and that shows how much I know about it, right? <laughs> Thank God you don't, okay. But you have nine months of pregnancy, Right? Nine months of pregnancy, and it's a lot of work. You're caring for yourself, and then you're caring for this body that is growing inside of you. It's a ton of work, right? So you work and work and work. Maybe, maybe this week you got out there and you put some sod in your lawn. Oh, I, love, I love laying sod. That is not an invitation, by the way. I love laying my sod, Okay. I don't love laying your sod. Don't need that email this week, okay? All right? But it's awesome because you work really, really hard in one day, right? And suddenly you have a, you have a green yard. It goes from dirt to green yard in one day. Work is worship. Work is worship. And so the work of your hands, the things you have to do this week, they were ordained by God for you to do. So do them well, do them to his glory and work hard. But then you know what you need to do? You need to do a Sabbath hard as well. See, there's something about somebody who builds their own house, right? They get done with building their own house and what do they do? There's one day they get to sit on their front porch. There's something about that, that family that just laid sod all day yesterday they get to sit and look at the green grass. They get to play out in the green grass. There's something. There's something about the coach that coached all week long and then he got to the game on the weekend and then his team won. And they got to enjoy it. Something about the teacher. The teacher who worked with that one student, a student that thought they'd, they'd never get anything above a B. 
And then there's that one day they got that test back and it, was, it wasn't an A, but it was an A minus. And they were lit up. And then, and then the mother has been carrying the baby for nine whole months, goes through intense labor. And then what does she do? She holds the baby in her arms. I've never, I've never seen a mom who says, hey, take the baby. I got other things to do. I've never, I've never seen that, right? The immediate response of a mother is they're gonna hold their baby. They're gonna enjoy their baby. They're gonna delight in their baby. That rhythm is completely different. This is the rhythm that you're invited into. This is the rhythm that you're missing out on. You're missing out on this because you're too busy. You won't stop. And the invitation is for you to work hard and then rest. Sabbath in the Lord. Here's the question. What would it look like for you to fill a day every week? It doesn't have to be Sunday. Sunday's a good day for a lot of you. But what would it look like for you to fill one day a week with worship, wonder, awe, and delight? Worship, wonder, awe, and delight. I was reading a book preparing for this just called Sabbath by Dan Allender. And that's what he says is the heart of Sabbath. The heart of Sabbath is to be a day of delight. Many of you grew up with the wrong view of Sabbath. If you grew up in the church, many of you grew up with a view that was restrictive. Don't watch movies. Don't ride your bike. Don't have fun. Be quiet because God is not fun and he's quiet. Still small voice. You heard that sermon a couple weeks ago? Okay. And, And it's restrictive. In fact, Jesus dealt with this. Jesus had some religious leaders come to him. You can find this in Mark 2 and 3. And they said to him, Jesus, you're not following the rules about Sabbath. In fact, we heard that your disciples, they were gathering grain on the Sabbath day and they were eating that grain. And then we heard, oh man, Jesus, this is crazy. You were healing people on the Sabbath. How dare you heal somebody, right? And Jesus, Jesus this is my translation, is like, what are you talking about? That was my translation, right? This is is what he says, actually. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for you. God doesn't need your Sabbath. You need your Sabbath. God set it aside for you that you might worship and wonder in awe and delight. So I want to give you some simple suggestions, some simple suggestions for Sabbath. You work hard and then you Sabbath. So here's some things. Go to church. You did this already. Good job. Like, I think you need to find a way to worship corporately. For those, those I, I've heard this statement, um, I, I, 
I am part of the church, but I'm not part of a church. I'm like, that doesn't work. That's bad theology, man. You have to be part of a a worshipful congregation, a, a body of Christ. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're gathering here to raise the name of Jesus high. Man, if you don't feel the power in the room when we're praying and when we're singing and when we're leaning in to listen to the word of God, you're missing the point. You need to be involved in church. Those of you who are online, good job. I'm so glad that you found a way, you figured it out, how to be engaged in this. Make this a weekly habit, a weekly rhythm. Go to church. Shut off your screens. What if you shut them off for a day? Like, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You just don't. Eat really good food with friends. That, that sounds fun, right? Spend significant time in the Bible and in prayer. Go for a walk. Sit by the fireplace. Read a good book. Take a nap. Make love. Somebody should say amen to that. All right. Tell some stories. Listen to a good music. Relax in a pool or a hot tub. Float a river, journal. Whatever you do, stop working. So simple. So life-giving. What if one day a week was that day? What if it was filled with that wouldn't you look forward to it more than any other day of the week? Like, do you have a day like that that you look forward to more than any other day of the week? John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which has inspired much of this sermon series, uh, gives us a picture of what this looks like for him. He says this, to begin, this is similar to my list, just set aside a day, clear your schedule, Turn off your phone. Say a prayer to invite the Holy Spirit to pastor you into his presence and then rest and worship in whatever way is life-giving for your soul. My family and I do this every week. Just before sunset on Friday, because he's a pastor, so he's got to do it on Friday, Saturday, we finish up all our to-do lists and homework, grocery shopping and responsibilities, power down all our devices. Listen to this. We literally put them in a box and stow them in the closet. That would change some of your worlds right there. Well, I, I could go on for that for a while. Okay. And gather around the table as a family. We open a bottle of wine, light some candles, read a psalm, pray, then we feast. We basically don't stop feasting for the next 24 hours. It's the Comer way, and I might add the Jesus way. We sleep in, we drink coffee, we read our Bibles, we pray more, we spend time together, we talk, we laugh. In the summer, we walk to the park. In the winter, we make a fire. We get lost in good novels on the coach. We cuddle, we nap, we make love, amen again. Honestly, I spend a lot of time just sitting by the window. Listen to this. It's like a less stressful Christmas every week. And something happens about halfway through the day. Something hard to put language into. It's like my soul catches up to my body. It's like some deep part of me that got beat up and drowned out by meetings and emails and social media and relational conflict and the difficulty of life comes back to the surface of my heart. I feel 
free. I can almost hear your excuses in the room. But I want to say this. You are too busy not to Sabbath. You are too hurried not to Sabbath. You are too anxious and fearful not to Sabbath. You cannot come up with an excuse that I will accept or God will accept to live outside of the rhythms of his plan. It will bring your soul contentment and delight. And for many of us in the church, we have been missing out on this for years. And for those who are new to the church, this is a new, fresh rhythm that you have maybe never heard about that will add so much value to your life. It's what your exhausted soul needs more than anything else. So here's the downshift challenge. Take Sabbath today. Take Sabbath today. Uh, Carrie Newhoff is a pastor um, and blogger and author, podcaster up north in Canada. And, um, and he uh, has a quote that says, either you take Sabbath or Sabbath will take you. What would it look like for you to take Sabbath today? E- even if it's just part of today, what would it look like for you to change the rhythm of your life so you could lean back into God? You could lean back into his arms. I'm going to postulate something. I think we're about to head into one of the largest seasons of burnout our country's ever seen. I've heard statistics saying that between 40 and 70% of pastors in the last 15 months have thought about quitting their job. And I would say I'm one of them that has thought about that. If I'm really honest with you guys, it's not because I don't love you. It's just because I was exhausted and tired and man, I just didn't need to make another decision at some point, you know? And, and I'm, I'm also gonna be honest with you, I didn't practice Sabbath very well. So, so it, should be no, it should be no surprise that, that that's what's going on in my heart and in my soul. If you talk to Bob about this, he, he, would, he would echo the same thing. If you talk to several of the staff members, they would echo the same thing. I, I think if you would talk to nurses, you'd hear the same thing. If you talk to doctors, you're going to hear the same thing. People in law enforcement, you're going to hear the same thing. I think anybody that was involved in helping at a higher level this year is going to, ex- to experience extreme burnout. And, and I think the ripple effect of what we've just been through uh, could devastate us. So I want to invite you into something better, something more, something that my heart and your heart needs desperately. Lean in six days a week, work hard. And on the seventh day, lean out, lean back into the arms of God. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for practicality in this moment. I pray that you would have conversations happen today in families, amongst couples, 
in personal quiet time this afternoon about the rhythm of their life. I pray that you convict us that we would actually start making changes. Jesus, on behalf of us, I want to repent for the sin of not obeying Sabbath. Jesus, we we have not sought this out. And so we are sorry for that. We pray that you would lead us into this command, into this life-giving command in new and fresh ways. Let us lean back into your loving arms in rest and in worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.